Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Okay, um, the, I did something a little newer today. I created a PowerPoint. I don't know how well you guys can see that. It's called Going Deep. All right? And the scripture reference that we're going to use, you can open up your Bibles to Luke 5, and the scriptures are 1 through 11. This is, of course, a very, very familiar account of the miraculous catch um, along the shores of Galilee. And uh, I know that you guys have all heard this about 156 times, is it? So um, the challenge in a teacher then is to try to teach you something new. Uh, um, so we, I want to take a look at this account just from a biblical perspective, um, from a study. The spiritual perspective that I want to take a look at is um, doing something new that's uncomfortable. Okay, that's the lesson that we're kind of going to dig into along with the account of it itself. And um, I felt, I don't usually prepare a message, you know, that is um, specifically for the church at a specific time or something like that, but I do believe this fits, you know. And um, where, where the message came from, I actually went on a Canadian fishing trip uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that experience actually led me to get inspired about, about this, so if you're wondering where it came from. So... With inside of the, the lesson, there's a couple of questions that I'd like you to ponder. Why do we need to go deep? Okay, why do we need to go deep? And then the next question is, what is it that prevents us and challenges us in going deep? All right. So next slide, please. And then I can just, um, Jeff, I'll just scream out which slide it is. I have them numbered here. So uh, Luke 5, 1 through 2. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. The reason why we're actually hearing about going deep, there's really one reason. And that was Jesus came and preached the word. Really? Um, If it wouldn't have been for Jesus along the shore of Gennesaret, we wouldn't be having to know why we need to go deep. Or we wouldn't have had the story about somebody going deep, would we? It all gets down to the word. Okay? It, that is why we are going deep. <clears throat> um, slide three, please. So this, um, this is a picture of Lake Gennesaret. Now, what's also known um, about this is that it's known by a couple of different names. Have you ever seen that in, in the Bible, where it's called the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Kinneret, uh, the Sea of Galilee? I have to admit, I was always confused by why they use these different names. Has anybody else? Do you want to know the re- answer why? It has to do the name with the name of the region or the name of the town that the people were from, which is how they referred to the lake. So I wish you could see this map. This map is an awesome map. <laughs> um, but it, it, you can see up there 
that there's these other different regions, okay? So depending on where you're from, that's often where they got the name from, okay? So hence the different names of the Sea of Galilee. Some specifics about this sea or lake. Excuse me as I get used to this. <laughs> um, it is the lowest freshwater lake on earth. Interesting, isn't it? The next lowest is the Great Salt Lake. It's um, 33 miles in circumference. It's 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. Um, I think it's like half the size of Lake Winnebago, put it in perspective. Maximum depth is 141 feet. What's interesting is Luke was the only writer to use the name Gennesaret. Apologize if I butchered that. That name means Garden of Peace. So Gennesaret was a region in the northwest shore of the sea. Um, in Matthew 4.13, it actually talks about, that scripture talks about Jesus, when he left Nazareth, he went to Capernaum, okay? So Capernaum also was on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee. So it is believed, okay, that this account, even though Luke does not tell us where specifically it is, it's actually happening in, in Capernaum. And we also know that Andrew um, was also from that area as well. Um, okay, so verses 3 through 4. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. It is extremely simple to say, launch into the deep. As a fisherman, you would know that. If you're not a fisherman, you may not get it. You may not understand it. Right, Cliff? When, if I told Cliff, Cliff, I'm going deep. <clears throat> right? There's a meaning to that. All right? So what Jesus was saying to, pe to them wasn't something simple. Okay? What's interesting about, if you take a look at how Jesus said this as well, he didn't ask them. He commanded them. Launch out into the deep. Next slide. So, according to, I brought up a depth chart, being a fisherman of the lake, okay? See that little, see the, can you see the little diagram up there? To get to the deepest spot of that lake, which is 141 feet, because I'm assuming that's what he's talking about, because the shallows are on all the other side. That's about three and a half miles to get out there, okay? 
So this was not an easy task that Jesus was commanding Peter to do. Now what's interesting about the Sea of Galilee is that it has really, really interesting winds. And during the evening and um, early morning hours, it's traditionally you see a lot of east winds. So those east winds bring in cold air over, from over the mountains. Now, as the day warms up, okay, the winds shift and they start coming off out of the west, off the Mediterranean. Those, so then you have all this hot air meeting this cold air over the lake. What does that mean? Storms and wind, right? Now, <laughs> I'm sure that Peter wasn't fishing out of a 33-foot, you know, boat with twin 200s on the back of this thing. Do you think so? No. They most likely had a row out there. Okay. <clears throat> Slide six. Um, this looks really good on my PC, but um, this, you got to love Google. I'm like, I wonder what it looked like from Peter as he heard this word, as he looked out over this lake. So this view is actually from Capernaum as you look out over the lake. So um, it's a long ways to get there, you know. So as Peter looked out over this sea and hearing this command, he knew there was a lot of risk involved with this, all right? Um, and here's one of the things about going deep. Sometimes you have to ignore what you see in front of you. Okay? Because it can be daunting. <clears throat> Uh, slide seven, please. This, this scripture, Luke 5, 5, there's a ton in here. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. It's no wonder why Simon kind of responded, you know, and said what he'd said. He was pushing back a little bit. You know, they had toiled all night. That word for toiled is it worked extremely hard, right? Has anybody fished all night? It's tiring. It's it seriously is exhausting. They not only fished all night, they washed out their nets in the sun. Okay, I don't know if you've ever done that where you literally are out on the water at night and then you, that sun comes up, it gets hot, you go out there. It's tiring. I think you know where I'm going with this. Quite frankly, after you fish all night, you know what the next best thing is? A nap. <laughs> right? There's something else that makes this very compelling. They caught nothing. 
So they were not only tired, as Cliff would say, which he's used to, by the way. <laughs> he had a skunk in the box. There is nothing worse than a skunk for a fisherman. There is nothing more discouraging than coming back, okay, and catching nothing. What's interesting about when you fish big water is that you can be a great fisherman, okay? You can be doing everything right. You can be working hard. You can be getting up in the middle of the night. Are you guys following me? But you catch nothing. And the reason being is that you're not on active fish. <clears throat> when you're in big water, it's all about getting on the fish. I see a couple guys nodding their head. It is. And there is nothing more frustrating than not being on the fish. Now, just because you catch nothing, does that mean that there's not any fish? Right? It doesn't mean that there's not any fish. When we catch nothing, there's a term that we use for this. It's called dead water. As a fisherman, you've got to know when you're in dead water. And if you're in dead water, you've got to get out of that water. You've got to move. It's not the easiest thing either. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Peter had every excuse in the book. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was frustrated. Okay? Was it the right time to fish? No. It was, it was a terrible time to fish because the winds are going to come up. The west winds, and they're from the northwest shore, so they're going to have to come, they're going to have to combat these winds on the way back. Nevertheless, at your word. <clears throat> going deep requires trusting the word and requires obedience. That's just it. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about being easy. It's about being obedient. And it's about pushing through all this other stuff. It's risky, folks, going deep. Okay, it is. There's, there's risk associated with it. I will let down the net. I never saw this before. But in order to go deep, there has to be an eye. You understand? He didn't say we're going deep. I will let down the net. 
What happened to the other partners? Because Jesus had let down your nets, right? I will let down the net. Not everybody can go deep. Because they were tired, they were frustrated, they were concerned about the weather, they weren't really sold that they were going to catch, that this was going to help them catch any fish. Eh, I'm going to sit this one out. It is very, very tempting to stay where it is easy and comfortable. Right? Rather than going deep. It is easy. There's usually a lot of excuses involved. Slide eight. So, this is a picture. I'm going to segue a little bit, but I'm coming back to the word, so don't worry. I'm not going to get off on a too, much, too big of a tangent here. So, this is a picture of um, our lodge that we had up in Canada. This lodge was amazing, okay? Um, it had this beautiful marina. It had guys to bring you your minnows and your bait, and they would clean your fish. There was a hot tub, you know. And what's funny, what you can't see up there, uh, um, <clears throat> my brother, when he invited me along with this, he kind of gave me a little bit of a disclaimer. He said, Kevin, you best think of this as a little adventure with some fishing thrown in. Huh. Next slide. Okay. So, needless to say, we didn't fish there. Why not? It's easy, comfortable, safe, relaxed, big boats. So in that picture, there's a bunch of trucks with a bunch of trailers, four-wheelers, boats on top of them, okay? We're going to the back lakes. I think we're already two hours north of International Falls. But that wasn't far enough. Why, you know, and part of my question is, why don't, this lake looks beautiful out here, you know? Why don't we fish here? Why, why, did, why did we not fish there? There's more fish. There's more fish. We decided to go deep. Was it easy to get there? No, I have a video of it. I'm not going to show it. <laughs> Let's just say that we had to build a ramp over a deep beaver dam to get the pickup trucks across. But then, once you got to the dead end, you took a four-wheeler through mud about that deep and all the trailers and everything like that. I got to tell you something, bro Brother Marty. I have never done anything like that in my entire life. And guess who the first guy they picked to go to the launch first? Me. So we go and 
we go through, and we're going through, we got this boat on top of the four-wheeler, and we're going through all this muck, and this other guy, Kyle, is next to me, and he's like, and our eyes are like th that big. And we get there, and uh, we drop the boat off, and I'm like ready to get in the four-wheeler, and they're like, no, 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 you stay here. I'm like, I don't have a backpack, I don't have water, I have nothing. And so they take off. Kyle says to me, they're not coming back. We're walking out of here. Because, he goes, I own four-wheelers. There's no way they're going to pull those boats and trailers and all the motors and everything like that through this. Okay. That trip was about... 11 minutes, an hour goes by. And in, during this time, Kyle is proceeding to tell me every bear mauling story he knows. <laughs> now, the funny, the really funny thing is that there are only black bears in Ontario. Thank the Lord. But I was positive I heard them walking on the shore. <laughs> this is the point. When you go deep and you're on unfamiliar territory, your imaginations take over. There was no truth in my imagination, but I was sold. And you know what I started to do? Question why I'm here. Why am I doing this? Why are we putting ourselves at risk? Why are we not just being at that lodge? I started to regret not staying where it was comfortable and easy. Now, I know one thing is when the situation gets into that, you need to zipper the lip right? And not start talking. Because I didn't want to discourage anybody around me. And I wanted to just try to keep a positive attitude about it. So anyway, miraculously, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, I, I didn't trust these guys that had done it before. You know? And they brought all, the, I couldn't believe it, they brought all the gear back and we went fishing, and the fishing was phenomenal. Okay, now was there some challenges in getting there? Yeah. Next slide, Luke 6 and 11. <clears throat> and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When they had done this. This was not easy. When you read that, when they had done this, oh, that was simple. No. They had to relaunch the boat. They had to row all the way out there. They had to let down the net. They had to get past their fears. They had to get past their discouragement and everything like that. But when they had done this, when they had let down that net, that's when they had the big catch. Their net was breaking 
there was a problem. <clears throat> they didn't have all their gear with them. Why not? Right? They're, because their partners weren't expecting this. They weren't expecting this huge catch of fish. So they stayed back. And they left their gear back there. What was interesting about is when we went up into Canada, <clears throat> there was a bunch of gear that would have made that trip so much easier. You know, like a winch. I'm like, I got, I got one in my garage. Two-way radio. So the lesson is, what, this is, we had the gear. We just didn't expect to use it. You know, we already owned it, folks. We have the gear. Does that make sense? But we got to expect the catch. So they signaled to their partners. This is pretty amazing when you think about this. This is also taken for granted. Okay, now that you know, how far away were they? They were a long ways away. They're like three and a half miles away. But because they were fishermen, they had some form of communications. I don't think that they yelled. I don't think that they waved. They signaled to their partners. When we go deep, we must communicate. We have to communicate well. Okay? <clears throat> we need to let each other know when we need help. And we must remember, no matter what section or what area we're in, we're partners in the gospel. Right? I think another important message here. We need to remember we're not alone. We have partners in this. This church is full of partners. Slide 12, 8 through 10. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. I'm going to back up a little bit. What happened when they started to fill the boats? They began to sink, right? Success always, always, always creates challenges. When we go deep and when we have success, there's going to be challenges. You know why? Because it's going to break what got us there. It's going to challenge our infrastructure. It's going to challenge our relationships. It's going to challenge our systems. It's going to challenge us. Everybody was astonished. They were 
The word astonished means surprised, impressed. They saw a miracle. Okay? They were able to see that Jesus was Lord, that he was God, due to the fact that they were willing to go deep and get that catch. What's interesting is, and so also were James and John. I wonder, I never had saw this before, if because of Peter's obedience, you following me? And his willingness to go deep. If these two other disciples, James and John, that wasn't the linchpin. What's interesting, when you read Matthew, the account in Matthew, it says that Jesus was walking along the shore and he saw some fishermen casting their nets. And then he said, follow follow me, right? And they followed him. I believe this is the same account. They were just casting their nets. They weren't catching anything. Okay? They were just casting their nets. That changed, though, when Jesus stepped into the picture. Ten through eleven. How are we doing? And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and said to Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Going deep means putting our fears behind us. It just does. Are we going to have them? Yes. It isn't getting to a point where you have no fear. It isn't. I don't believe it is. Going deep, going someplace you haven't gone before, doing something that you've never done before, means not being afraid. It's going past past that fear. And you will catch men. We need to remember what it's all about. If we remember that it's about the catch. If we remember that it's about the men. We can get through being tired. We can get through being frustrated. We can get through being afraid of what we don't know. And we will catch men. They forsook all and they followed him. Going deep is all about following him. It is. It's all about it. If we didn't have him, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. We wouldn't have to go deep. We could stay where we're at. We're comfortable. Folks, we can't stay where we're at. We believe you're talking. I'm talking about myself. I'd love to stay where it's comfortable. 
It's easy. There's no fish there. We've got to go where the fish are at. If we obey his word, he's going to be able to take us where it's uncomfortable. And he does. Jesus did not call us to be comfortable. He did not say it was going to be easy. But he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. What do we have? The next slide? (laughs) So this is a picture of my dad and my brother and Bunch of fish. (laughs) That cooler's full. We caught that cooler of fish in about an hour and a half, two hours. Literally, I mean, and those were, you guys, these were the ones we kept. We threw hundreds back. There's a lot of fish out there. At times it doesn't seem like it, but there are, okay? But we need to go deep. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.